Hey, welcome back. It is the Donna and Steve experience and my talk 1071 everything entertainment. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson. He's out today feeling a little under the weather. So hopefully he will be back again tomorrow. It's me and the big Zamboni. Honk, honk. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Pretty good. Let's talk a little music. Give me a beat. It's time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. Yeah! Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This is the beat. Alrighty then. Um, I am very excited about this. There is a new Netflix documentary that is coming out in uh, this month at some point. Okay. And do you remember We Are the World? Of course. Yes. Yes. So charity song. Yes. So they uh, Netflix has shared the trailer for this upcoming documentary about the making of the the single We Are the World from 1985. And it basically tells the story of how 46 of music's biggest stars came together in a single day to record one song that would become a global sensation um Lionel Richie is in the trailer here um he and Michael Jackson co-wrote We Are the World okay. after Harry Belafonte called him directly to ask if he could write a song to maze to excuse me to raise money sure for hunger relief in Africa wow. and so they've got footage of that day in Jim Henson's studio where Lionel Richie's super group recorded the song live and do you want to listen to the trailer we could listen to you know i'd love to the yeah. heart of it okay. check it out here we go one two the greatest artists of a generation came together to save some lives must be in a dream huh hello hello but we only had one night to get this right let's get this party started i received this call from Belafonte. And he wants to do some kind of a song for famine relief in Africa. Basically, what he said was, I need you. We just thought we'd pull together as many artists as we could and figure it out. It was just a wish list. He said yes without knowing who was going to be on it. Bob Dylan. Stevie Wonder. Paul Simon. Wow. Cindy Lauper. Bette Midler. Billy Joel. Steve Perry. Willie Nelson. I think we have Tina. Sheila E. Diana Ross. Wow. Everybody was there. <laughs> I'm at the house with Michael writing the song. He hums every part, tapes and tapes of just layered and layered of him humming. There was <laughs> tremendous pressure. Stevie wouldn't call me back. And the recording was in a couple of days. We now have a template with mumbles and no words. What do we want to do? We're talking to the world, so we have to talk this out. This seems so natural to say it. Yeah, so it's like another minute of that. These images are incredible, though. So cool, right? Yeah, seeing these pictures of all of them just sitting together and doing the recording of it back in the 80s. Wow. It looks amazing. The Greatest Night in Pop that is coming to Netflix. I think that I saw the date uh, January 29th. Okay. Yeah, so just, uh, you know, a few weeks from now and we can all watch that. That'll be great. I think... Bunch of the old clips and then also interviews. I think Bruce Springsteen interviews, yes. Cindy Lauper, uh, Lionel Richie. You've got Smokey Robinson. So a lot of kind of the reactions now and looking back and reflecting back on that uh, amazing moment. I love that. I'm not sure if Boy George was part of that or Janet Jackson. I can't remember. But um, Boy George, um, hmm, he describes 
in other music news. He describes not one, but three rude encounters with Janet Jackson. He's got a new memoir out called Karma. Okay. And the former Culture Club singer says that he met Janet Jackson around 1986. And it was um, on the set of the TV series Solid Gold. And he was a huge fan of her single, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Got it. So he says that he approached her backstage, but he wasn't wearing his, you know, makeup and hair and all that stuff that he does. And he said, you know, I am a huge fan. And he said, you know, she was wasn't really friendly and didn't try to be friendly. Yikes. And so a crew member approached him with a video camera and asked him to record a message for her. And so he did. And he said, Next time you meet someone, be nice. That's what he recorded (laughs) for her. Oh, my God. So that shocked her team. And Boy George was soon summoned to her dressing room where Janet Jackson explained that she had been um, she had been like that because she didn't recognize him. Well, (laughs) and he goes, "Okay, that makes it worse. Exactly. Are you saying you would have been nice to me if you knew who I was? What if I was just a fan? He said they parted ways uh, on awkward terms. And then he had two other equally uncomfortable encounters with her. Well, after that, she probably just didn't like him very much. Exactly. She was (laughs) probably like, screw you, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, One was several years later. They were at a British television show called Top of the Pops. Okay. She looked straight through him. He thought, wow, she's never going to change. And then their most recent meeting was in 2019 at the British Fashion Awards. And he performed while she kept her back turned and stayed in that position during his entire performance. I love it. I do, too. This is so juicy. He said, when someone is a bit rude, you never get over it, which is an important post-it note to myself. Be nice. So um, he also wrote that Prince was not rude. But he was odd to him. Okay. So those two met only once. It it was like at Paris Fashion Week. And um, Prince asked George, boy George, over to his table where he was sitting with his wife, Maite uh, Garcia. And then he didn't speak for 10 minutes. Whoa. He said a plate of uh, carbonara arrived for the wife and Prince started feeding her. (laughs) And I'm thinking... This is Boy George thinking this about Prince. What planet are you on, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. He said the arrival of the food gave him the perfect uh, excuse to say goodbye. But um, And then he saw Adele in Vegas, and she sent a beautifully signed tour program saying, I can't believe you were here. But they didn't meet. He thought that was odd. Uh, So his book is out. Um, Oh, he's also appearing in... um, Moulin Rouge on Broadway. Oh, wow. Okay. From February 6th to May 12th. The um, book's called Karma, and obviously I would assume that's a playoff Karma Chameleon, but correct. everyone else is maybe uh, having a little Karma moment as well as he's just uh, spreading a bunch of, uh, bunch, yeah. of the, bunch of the tea. A bunch Spilling of the it. tea. Spill it, boy George. Love it. Um, let's see. One more thing. He, uh, oh, he had three hair transplants and a oh. tummy tuck. Wow. He said it was the most painful thing he's ever done because he went straight on tour with Cindy Lauper with the blood bag attached. Yuck. Oh my God. I do like him. He does make. Um... <laughs> I never want to hear that ever again. <laughs> What's that? It's my blood bag. Oh no. Oh gosh. Oh my God. The blood bag.
Anyway, I probably for draining or something yeah. like that. Um, he sometimes makes appearances on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. Because Dorit's husband, PC. PC? That sounds wrong. I believe you. PC. We'll just go with PC. Okay. Um, is his manager. Got it. So sometimes he'll show up, which is very cool. So, oh, that sounds like a book I definitely want to read. Paul? Her spouse? Yeah. I, maybe. Paul Kemsley? I don't know. Okay, yeah. PK. PK. PK okay, is what there they you go. There I was you close. Go. Thank Paul, you. Close I'm sure people were yelling in their mm-hmm. cars right now. Okay. Um, all right, listen, we're going to take a break. Let's do it. Mike, uh, did you watch Aaron Rodgers' uh, response <laughs> to Jimmy Kimmel I... when he appeared on the um, What's His Face Pat show? McAfee show? Yes, I did. Okay, let's discuss that. I we have, have a little audio. We'll get to it when we come right back on My Talk 1071. Hey, friends, what's up? It's Steve from My Pals over at the Canopy Group. How's, how's your resolution going? It's January 9th. Sticking to it? Maybe not doing so well. Or maybe you're one of the people, I feel like I heard a lot of people say, you know what, I'm not making a resolution this year. Maybe that's because you felt down and out about how it went in the past, and it just required too much work, and you didn't reach the goal. The Canopy Group has a solution for you. We're getting this. They do all the work. Huh? How about that? You want to save a little more money this year? Everybody does. You don't even have to say that resolution out loud. We want to save more money. Well, focus on the areas where you might be spending too much money. Homeowners insurance, automobile insurance, you pay it every month. And you probably don't even know how much you're paying. And if you're like 81% of Minnesotans, you're dealing with one agent who represents one company. You only get one option there. The Canopy Group has a team of 40 professionals working for you. 16 different reputable insurance companies that they've partnered with who will, guess what? Fight it out for your business. That means that you're going to get better coverage at a much better price. You can start saving today and the Canopy Group can do it for you. Go to thecanopygroup.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. Hey, coming up at 1030 today, uh, Rocco is going to be in to play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. That's because Steve is out today and uh, Mike is hanging with me for the whole show. Going above and beyond your producer duties. It's all right. We might not have Steve here, but we do have Steve's awkward throat noises. (laughs) And also Steve trying to uh, do a dolphin sound. It didn't do... So we still have Steve here in spirit. (laughs) We sure do. We do. Thank you for that. Of course. Uh, In the meantime, uh, here's here's the latest on the Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy (laughs) Kimmel uh, drama. Um, So remember... Aaron Rodgers had said that Jimmy Kimmel was one of several people hoping that a Jeffrey Epstein list would not come out. Yeah. 
that led a lot of people to believe that he was implying that Kimmel would be on it. But yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, he gave his side of the story. And here's uh, let's let's what's this first clip? We'll We've got a couple with, of clips. We'll start with the specific part where he because in the response that Kimmel gave towards Aaron Rodgers, he basically said he's taking offense to the fact that he re- was implying that he was a pedophile. Right. And this is was uh, Aaron Rodgers response to that uh, response there. Unprompted, he comes out and says that I'm an overly concussed wacko. In my opinion, it seemed like because I believe that there was a list and that there were names on that. We fast forward to this last week. I'm quoting myself here. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't come out. End quote. I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. I'm not stupid enough to accuse you of that with absolutely zero concrete evidence. It, that's ridiculous. Okay. Not exactly an apology or taking ownership, but okay. Um, yeah, and he's not going to be doing that anytime soon. No, no. He, he continued on. I actually watched the the full interview, and his whole idea and his whole response is, I wasn't saying Jimmy Kimmel was going to be on the list. I was saying for what he stands for and for what he believes and for how he feels about me and other people who think this list exists, he's the type of person who would be very disappointed if that list comes out. So that's what you're still making an assumption and accusation, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, okay. this is this is what Aaron Rodgers has been doing for a couple of years now. And then he eventually gets into the point that he's been talking about well throughout his entire sports career is that the media is completely manipulating what he's saying and manipulating his words. Meanwhile, he's utilizing the media to get his agenda across because he's been doing this for years and he knows what he's doing. Right. He was never going to come back this year. If you follow from a sports standpoint, he hurt his Achilles, tore his right. Achilles. Yeah. Same injury that Kirk Cousins has, except he had it early on in the season. There was a lot of speculation that, hey, if the Jets stay competitive, he might be able to make a comeback. And he kept feeding that, saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm plan- I plan to be ready. I plan to be ready to go. The second they were eliminated from playoff contention... He's ready to come back. I'm ready to hit the practice field. I'm ready to go. But guess what? There's nothing to play for anymore, so I'm actually not going to be hitting the field. I'm not going to be playing. He just knows how to keep his name in the headlines. Yeah, he he does. He's so good at doing that, and that's exactly what happened in this entire case. Yeah, well, and I think when he said, I I didn't call him a pedophile, Mm -hmm. this whole thing is about underage girls yes you know what i mean so you don't have to call him that that's like saying to someone someone makes a statement and you say that's not true and they go why are you calling me a liar Mm -hmm. i mean it is the same thing if you're saying the things that you're saying aren't true that means you're lying yeah which by definition makes that person a liar correct so it's it's not a big jump to go from the list to saying Jimmy Kimmel's a pedophile. He's good enough to make comments that are just vague enough to then be able to come back the next week and manipulate what the other person said. Not maybe manipulate, but just read what the other person said and finally craft a response that still makes you oh, feel like yeah. you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I'm sure Jimmy Kimmel will now do the same thing and they'll continue this back and forth. But um, he did go on uh, to say that uh, he really doesn't care what Jimmy Kimmel thinks about him. And we do have that clip here. I'm glad that Jimmy is not on the list. I really am. I don't think uh, he's the P word. It's impressive that a man who went to uh, Arizona State and has 10 joke writers can read off a prompter. So, you know, my education at JUCO and my three semesters at Cal that I'm very proud of has worked out for me, and I'm glad to see it's worked out for him as well. So I wish him the best. Again, I don't give a 
what he says about me. But as long as he understands what I actually said, that I'm not accusing him of being on a list, then I'm all for moving forward. Oh, my God. But you, you're kind of like, the joke is, Jimmy Kimmel's going to be so relieved he's not on the list. Yeah, he's going to be relieved that the list didn't come out, yes, is what he is saying. So I don't know. It's, it's like I said, so it's back The bigger issue with all of this has nothing to do with these two. It has to do, in my opinion, with Pat McAfee and ESPN and ABC. Because Jimmy Kimmel, obviously, is the late night host for ABC. Right. Owned by Disney. Right. Also owned by Disney, of course, is yes. ESPN. And in addition to this controversy, Pat McAfee has his own controversy when he called out one of the vice presidents of ESPN and basically said they're manipulating our numbers to make it look like we have less ratings than we actually do. And so he has that whole accus- accusation, which apparently sounds like it's true. That part is... Why? Well, how does that benefit the the company? So there's a lot of manipulate to the lower end because people don't like the Pat McAfee show or there's there's people that have been in this position a long time that Pat McAfee is kind of reinventing what sports they all started that show on a YouTube channel. It literally was just a YouTube channel. He's a former punter. It became like the Howard Stern of sports. Okay, so it feels very podcasty. It does. Yes, yes, that's where it kind of started. Then FanDuel and DraftKings or FanDuel gave them a ton of money and made him one of the richest sports people in the world. then, annoying. He is. He can be. And then he decided to parlay that into an ESPN contract, and they paid him a boatload of money. Okay. So right now you've got one of the highest paid talents in all of ESPN who's picking fights with VPs, and and uh, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Do you so. think they're just trying to keep him in check, like, so he his head doesn't get too big? Like, hey, don't get ahead of yourself, buddy. The ratings aren't that great, even though they are. Yeah, it could be that, or it could just be, again, the idea that people don't like his presentation style, because he definitely has a very different style than is traditional at a normal ESPN show. What do you think of the show? I've always enjoyed it a lot. And I've yeah, always Steve likes it a lot too. I actually really, really like him. I think it's a fresh approach and a fresh take. I have no problem with, with that. Uh, he finds himself in these situations often. He actually had to re- read a, a note on the air one time saying that uh, something he said about Brett Favre was not backed up by evidence and this is just basically me mimicking what I've heard from the media. Like there was a lawsuit where he was getting sued by Brett Favre. Stop. Yes. And so he's he's not a stranger to saying things that are very much uh, controversial and ultimately leading to potential uh, lawsuits. So what, what do you like about it that's different? Because you know what it feels like? It feels like a morning radio show. Exactly. A that's sports show. To answer your question that's it it's not filled with ridiculous one of the problems with with sports is all takes it's all takes sports radio you have to or sports coverage you have to have a hot take and then you've got the skip baylesses of the world and the shannon sharps of the world okay. and it's like you have to have this hot take and then you have to argue with somebody about the take and it's like it's not that important Never is that important. Right. But when you like have chill, certain, like relax. when you have certain buckets you have to fill and certain time you have to fill on those shows, you have to make things that aren't important extremely important. Got and it. And the problem is so many of the shows do that. Their show, they're a little more lax. They're more, like you said, kind of a radio uh, morning show where, yeah, there are topics you should probably get to, some hot button things you'll talk about when it's important. But when it's not, you just talk about it and have fun and just do fun things. Yes. And that's one of the things I like about their show. Okay. So it's different. It definitely has more of a, a radio vibe to it, which okay. I love. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of a radio yes. jock. There's a reason why you it kind of I mean? is. With his, it's his horse kind of yep. voice. He's got the he's got the uh, Howard Stern comparison for a reason. So interesting. I, I okay. Again, he finds himself in in situations like these quite often, and he's giving a platform to Aaron Rodgers, who uh, is utilizing it. So we'll see how long he still has that platform because ABC and Aaron Rodgers they tend to have differing um, politics. 
Usually. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, the, the feeling, Aaron Rodgers is very much one way when it comes to politics, and it's kind of counter what... What ABC is. But I mean, isn't that where it's like, you know, the views expressed on this show are not necessarily the views of ABC, Disney Corporation. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Mike. Um, uh, When we come back, we are going to play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge, even though Steve is out today. Let's do it. Who's our special guest? Rocco. All right. DJ Rock Lobster is going to take on me. This will be fun. This is the first, first ever in the history of the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Why don't you give us a call, see who you want to play with. 651-641-1071. We'll find out what the topic is when we come right back. Hey, it's Rocco for Crescent Tide Cremation Services. You know I talked about Crescent Tide because my mom once heard a radio ad I made for Crescent Tide and she said all those things you say about how they keep it simple, transparent, affordable, how it's not a full-service funeral business, it is just simple cremations and I can prepay and pre-plan a simple cremation starting at just $1,000. That's what I'm going to do, Rocco, so you don't end up making my funeral weird. I want you to just have a simple cremation have a nice dinner with my family say nice things about me that's what we're gonna do thanks mom it's not just prepaying and pre-planning at crescent tide you'll see uh if you look at their google reviews that when there's a death in the family crescent tide comes through for that family and they do so uh with a simple cremation that is customizable and it starts at just a thousand dollars check them out today it is a small family business right here in st paul crescenttide.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Hi. Welcome back. It is the hump day edition of the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun and Steve is out. We got Mike the Big Zamboni holding down the fort for Steve. And we've got a very special guest in the studio. <laughs> clomp, clomp. DJ Rock Lobster in the house. Hi, I'm going to play the game. Let's get to it. T- t- time to go to college. College, college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. That's you. It's like quiz ball. Yeah. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Yes. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. No. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host, the Big Zamboni. I want to see how smart you are. It is time to play, and today the College Pop Culture Knowledge brought to you by 191 Virtual Academy. You can Google 191 Virtual Academy to learn more about supporting your child's passion and purpose. The game is all tied up. 3-3 three, three is where we sit early oh, no. in this year, and it is now going to be Rocco versus Donna. Today is a special day. Oh. It's a day where we celebrate the eagle. Okay. Oh, I love it. It's National Save the Eagles Day today. Okay. So I today's College of Pop Culture Knowledge is going to be all about eagles. Mm. Okay. You guys, I saw an eagle on the side of the road with other birds like crows, I don't know, eating something. And I did a double take and I went, that was a freaking eagle. 
Like just on the side of the road, the highway. You know, I recently saw an eagle on the side of the road too. What's, What's going, going on? on? I love a good eagle. <laughs> Me too. By the way, I love save, eagle and I love lamp. Save, <laughs> save your emails. We know that that is like a red tail hawk or yes, something, we and do. not actually an eagle. They sound go, way wussy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So let's let's strong. let's play, and we've got our buddy Phil to play today. Mm. Hey, Phil. Hey, I was going to be the first one to say that's not an eagle sound. I know it's on your button bar. That's an <laughs> okay, eagle sound. know it all. Blah blah blah. But on paid research, it's not. We know that. Thanks. Wow. Thank Whoever you, gets Phil. Phil is going to win. He's pretty smart. Yeah, he's pretty good. No, I know nothing. He also has Google. <laughs> I don't have Google. No He's cheating. Okay, all right, fine. So who do you want to play with, Phil? Well, obviously Donna, because okay. we need to, we need to bury Steve. It's not yes! it's not it's it's not a Rocco thing. Okay. I love Rocco. Yeah, Rocco's oh, the thanks. best. So no offense, buddy, but it's... when you say Steve is out, we know that he's actually out in his hot tub right now. Correct. <laughs> that is correct. So is Rocco's I've gonna never step done up. this before. I've I mean I've been the host of this game a million times. I've never been a player. So now I That's leave great. the room. All right. Leave. Okay, here Rocco's gonna here. go smoke a blunt and uh, he'll be right back. <laughs> We and joke. We are going to play uh, na- uh, the College of Pop Culture Knowledge National Save the Eagles Day today. Donna, you ready to give it a whirl? Yes. Well, let's see how it goes. Hotel California oh, was God. the top-selling song for the Eagles, but they also had four other songs that hit number one. Name any of them. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 any of them. I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now. That's I good. love the Eagles. Um, okay, go ahead. Despite limited European success, the Swedish singer Eagle Eye Cherry was a one-hit wonder in this country thanks to this 1997 song. You want the country or the song? The song. I Eagle Eye Cherry song, one-hit wonder in 1997. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, in 2008, Shia LaBeouf, Michelle Monaghan, and uh, Rosario Dawson starred in this critically panned blockbuster. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. Blockbuster, Shia the LaBeouf. first one is Take It to the Limit. Okay. You're going to uh, go with Take It to the uh, Limit on that first that's one. That's wrong, but that's okay. All right. Don't I worry. Quit. You've got a lifeline here. Phil, you heard her answer. I hate myself right now. Uh, how'd you feel like it went? I should just hang out because I got nothing for you. No, you do too, Phil. Come no, on. I, I seriously got nothing for you, Donna. I mean, number one, yeah, it's fine. Take it to the limit. Number one, fine. We're going to lose to Rocco? Are you kidding me? We were going to lose to Rocco to begin with. We know this. Oh, I mean, come man. on. I mean, we're talking Eagles and music. I mean, Rocco knows all this crap. You're right. You have no guess right, for so. uh, for the second one? Oh, what was the second uh, one? Despite limited European success, the Swedish singer Eagle Eye Cherry was a one-hit wonder in this country thanks to this 1997 song. Eagle Eye Cherry song from 1997? It's really good. It's fun. Nope. No clue? <laughs> I can't okay. remember the name of it, but I liked it a and lot. And then how about... I'm two th- sure I like it, too. I'm 2008, sorry. you know any Shia LaBeouf and Michelle Monaghan and, uh, blockbusters with Rosario Dawson? Oh, my gosh. Come on, Phil. The topic is eagles. I know that. I did. Um, no, no. Okay. Oh, that's that's driving me crazy. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I know sorry. I'm useless. I'm no, so you're not. You're not. Let's see how Rocco no, does. No, I am. We'll see. I'll... We'll see how Rocco does. Phil, you're going to go back on hold. We are going to go ahead and bring Rocco back in here. Rocco Clacco. Oh, real bad. Real, real bad. Real bad. I choked. I choked. I choked. What do you want me to okay, do? Okay, I'm right a choker. Right. I'm a choker. <laughs> I love what you did there. I'm a midnight choker. I'm wondering choker. if a Steve Miller band question might come up in this thing. Mm. Mm. 
Let's go ahead and go through these. Again, we are talking about National Save the Eagles Day. Rocco, you ready? I think so. Let's start with this one here. Hotel California was the top-selling song for the Eagles, but they had four other songs get to number one. Name any of those other four songs. Oh, wow. One of these nights of Take It Easy. Need just one. Um... Life in the Fast Lane. Despite limited European success, the Swedish singer Eagle Eye Cherry was a one-hit wonder <laughs> in this country thanks to this 1997 song. Save Tonight. In 2008, Shia LaBeouf, Michelle Monaghan, and Rosario Dawson starred in this critically panned blockbuster. Uh, something and Eagle. Uh, Steven and Eagle. <laughs> Turkey and Eagle. Okay. Legal Eagles. Wow, I did poorly. Let's run through no, these you answers did better here. Than I, I did. don't think so. Let's start with the first one. Uh, Hotel California was the top-selling song for the Eagles, but they had four others get to number one. Name any of those other four. Uh, Donna said, "Take it to the limit." What did you settle on again, Rocco? Uh, Life in the fast lane. I don't Ooh. really like it. Life in the fast lane. <laughs> Life in the fast lane got up to number eleven Oy. on the charts. Oh no! Take it to the limit. Got all the way to number hey, four. Not oh, your four. Face. Like, oh, number four. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm still beating by seven. Got them good. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, it got to number four. Uh, the four songs you could have chose from. You sang one of them, Rocco. One of these nights okay. that got number one. Best of my love. Oh, good song. New kid in town and heartache tonight. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna take. You could have given me those four tonight. answers. You did not we take did it to not. the limit. And both and life in the fast lane. Sorry right. to uh, make oh, you feel okay. like you got that one right, Donna. Sorry, but right. we'll move on to the Fine. third one. In 2008, Shia LaBeouf, Michelle Monaghan, and Rosario Dawson starred in this critically panned blockbuster. Critically panned. It didn't do uh, well. No, it was eighty million dollar budget. I think it grossed like a hundred million. Uh, That's good. Well, not when it's an eighty million dollar budget. Well, he still made 20. They had to advertise. So oh, and then they had to like pay they them. Lost and, 70, yeah, that's yeah. true. Good Plus, there were uh, some Shia LaBeouf lawsuits. They probably yeah, had to deal with Totally. Exactly. Uh, Eagle Eye mm. is Never the name of, of that it. film. Oh, never either. It's the 20th uh, highest grossing film of 2008, uh, <laughs> which is funny because the second question also had the word Eagle Eye in it. We're yeah. talking about Swedish singer Eagle Eye Cherry, was a one hit wonder in the U.S. thanks to this 1997 song. That indeed. Was saved tonight. Rocco wins one to zero. Wow, Rocco. Oh, wow. Thank you. Ooh. Dang. Phil. Hey. Hey, man. It's you okay. know, I, I think we should have gotten the point for number one because four is better than 11. It is. Yeah, it sure four. is. By seven. <laughs> oh, the Phil. Judge, the judge has been drinking today. <laughs> a, a good Shia LaBeouf movie, and it's not, it has nothing to do with Eagles or whatnot. Is the peanut butter falcon? I love that, that movie. Yep. I it saw it. So it's good. so sweet. Yes, that is a really good movie. Everybody, watch it. That's your assignment for today. Thank you, Phil. Have a Thanks, great Phil. Day, Phil. Bye, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Rocco, you would like that. You should watch it with your uh, kid. You know what? My wife point. My wife hardly ever likes to watch movies with me, and that was one. She's like, "Hey, I would like to watch the Peanut Butter Falcon sometime." That was two years ago. We have not watched. Watch it. it. It's it's lovely. Okay. Anyway, okay, yes, Mike. The answer is yes. Tiebreaker. Okay. Uh, here you go. Name the artist. Steve Miller Band. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got it. It's, I was in the hallway band. going, okay, Sam the Eagle, Fly Like an Eagle. Oh, man. See, that, a lot that's, going on eagerly. That's <laughs> like what you did there. Mm-hmm. That is the advantage of not oh, being picked. Hall, right? Yeah, because you can like sit and think and... 
wonder. Anyway, Rocco, you are, you're just... I'm the trivia guy in the station. That's why I got one point in this game. I know. Four to three, now the lead for Steve. I I'm like Alex Trebek. Bad. I sound so smart when I do all the <laughs> trivia segments, but then when, yeah. when it's time, I get I went one. You're on three. the hot seat. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to stick around for a tip? Yes. All right. Actually, no, I got to go. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah. All right, see you Everybody later. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. 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 Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 I have a list here from a mechanic of things everyone should keep in their glove compartment. Ooh, okay. Um, this is always fun. Like, what's the weirdest thing in your car? Sure. Or in your whatever compartment? Mm-hmm. So... This is a mechanic who weighed in with suggestions of what useful items should be in there. Things like a flashlight. Okay. No brainer. Yeah. Obviously, your vehicle's um, manual. Yeah. Smart. Proof of insurance and registration. Need that. Uh, Tire pressure gauge. Okay. I got that. I've got all of these things so far. I'm very impressed with myself. You're usually well prepared for terrible situations. So, good. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. It's the uh, nicest thing you've ever said about me. Mini first aid kit. I have one in the trunk. There you go. Uh, pen and paper. Absolutely. Never know. A multi-tool. You know, something like, you know, what do you call those things? A something all? Like it's got a Swiss Army knife, pliers, Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you call that thing? Swiss Army knife. Isn't it called a something all? Huh. Probably is. <laughs> Thanks for your help. I'm trying to find it. I'm not seeing anything. All right. Spare fuses. It's good to have backups in case one blows out while you're on the road. I do not have that. You can reference your vehicle's manual if you don't know how to replace it. All right. And where's, well, I guess jumper cables, just things to have in the car. Do you know what I just got from a friend? Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's. Comes in a box yep. and it's basically jumper cables yep. that you don't need another car I for. I believe it's like Halo. Is that what it's there's called? There's different the Halo brands. Car- yeah, there, I'm sure there's a bunch of different brands. But yes, I've got one as well. You just and- got to make sure it's charged before you go on a trip. The shocking something. thing is, it stays charged for so long. It does. I got it for my uh, for Christmas a couple years back. I think my dad gave it to me. I charged it up 100%, put it in the car. Like a year and a half went by. I touched or I opened it up for the last, it was like 69% still. Stop yeah. it. The thing just, it keeps a charge. Well, I mean, that's the whole point, though. It's going to be ready when you need it. Got so it. Okay. It holds a charge for a very long time. Those are very, very useful. I, I don't like that this is a mechanics list, because when it comes to your glove box, it didn't say anything about extra honey mustard packets <laughs> and napkins <laughs> right. and the things you truly need in your car. Candy. But, yes, exactly. yes, exactly. All right, there you go. Uh, that's your tip of the day. When we come back on the Donna and Steve show. Oh, uh, I believe the are the SAG Award nominations coming They actually here? are already out. Oh. So they came out this morning. Let's absolutely go over some of the okay, nominations. Cool. What's available anyway? We'll get to that when we come right back on My Talk 1071. All right, we're back. It's Donna and Steve. Minus Steve. He's got, uh, he's a little under the weather, so he'll be back tomorrow we think uh in the meantime uh mike ganger the big zamboni filling in honk to the honk honk to the honk my friend uh you brought to my attention that the sag award nominations have already come out they have this is exciting because usually isn't it the sag awards that are most closely kind of imitate the oscar pretty good predictions? yeah i yeah. think so 
Yeah, so this is going to be great. Do you want to run down some of the biggies? Let's do it. Uh, the big stories uh, were that uh, leading the way was Succession, had five oh, sure. nominations for its final season. That was followed closely behind from a TV standpoint by Ted Lasso, wow. The Last of Us, and The Bear. All with four nominations. Okay. And then on the movie side, uh, you may have guessed it, uh, Barbenheimer dominated the nominations. Uh, The two big blockbusters from this past year uh, received four nominations each for their ensembles. Okay. All right. That's that's, cool. That's the first award right there is uh, Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a motion, Motion Picture. You got Barbie, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Color Purple, and American Fiction. Okay, I got to learn more about this American fiction. Uh, you definitely do after reading these nominations because it is nominated all over the place. It's crazy because it was a little sleeper, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden it's coming up everywhere. And I'm like, well, wait, wait, I got to, I don't know, I got I to gotta get to watching movies. Yeah, I got a lot to catch up on for sure. American fiction, uh, looks like you still see it. They're back in theaters. That's the one cool thing about this time of year is a lot of times theaters will bring back some movies that are sure. uh, up for awards and uh, get another chance to to see them on the big screen. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. Speaking of American fiction, Jeffrey Wright is in that category, wow. along with Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo from Rustin, and then, of course, the two favorites for that category, at least from us Oscar standpoint, is Paul Giamatti and Killian Murphy. I have a feeling that's going to go to Killian Murphy. I do too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, it's it's the year of Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Uh, you also have Annette Benning up for a female actor in a lead role for her uh, role in Nyad. Uh, Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon, Carrie Mulligan, uh, Margot Robbie, and Emma Stone from Poor Things. Of course, if you look at uh, the Golden Globe side of things, uh, it was Lily Gladstone taking yes. that uh, award. I have a feeling she'll take the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan, fantastic in Maestro. Uh, Annette Benning, fantastic in Nyad. I did not see, let's see, I, I did not see Poor Things or or um, Killers of Killers the Flower, of Flower Moon. Moon. Yeah, Lily was fantastic in Killers of the Flower Moon. Again, I didn't, the movie overall, I, it kind of felt like it sounds like you think the book. It was just, it's just, <laughs> just a lot. It was so much. It's and too, yes, it's, it was, it's a lot to distract you you know like confuse you it's like wait who now wait what what who's this guy now there's no question though the acting was great the 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 way it was shot everything was fantastic emma stone and poor things again she's so and i can pull up as we get closer i'll pull up i always like to look at the um vegas odds because oh yeah yeah, yeah, i always say whenever it comes to something like competitive just look at who's got the most money on the line in las vegas you can actually bet on these on who's going to potentially win so we'll uh, look at the favorites as we get closer but carrie mulligan you brought up her role in maestro and you did watch that that accent it was really fun because they did an article yesterday i saw where she and um, natalie portman were kind of both quoted in this article about women and the idea of um being all in on your character and what's that called again um oh oh when you're uh, whatchamacallit uh, method actor method Method acting basically uh natalie portman was like you can't method act as a woman she's like we're not afforded that luxury because you gotta yell at your kids exactly we're mom you can't like walk into the room and be like no 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 sorry sweetie you have to call me jackie kennedy now for the next month like you can't do that so she was going on and on about that but then carrie carrie mulligan though was quoted talking about hey when bradley cooper does things he does things all in so that accent that she has in maestro she was saying that for the entirety of filming she was talking like that her wow. throughout her entire life. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. Reader. Yes. 
Uh, supporting male uh, role, you've got uh, Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction, Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, Robert De Niro, got to be uh, one of the favorites for Killers of the Flower Moon, and then actually Robert Downey Jr., probably the favorite when it comes to that award for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling also up for it as well. Okay. All right, good. Did you, what so, do you know about poor things? Um, that's the one that's like kind a of Frankenstein like Frankenstein. It's kind like of a thing? postmodern Frankenstein. Basically, Willem Dafoe is kind of like uh, the uh, is kind of like Doctor Frankenstein, and then uh, Emma Stone is uh, she's in a uh, an adult body, but they kind of took the brain of a baby. So just imagine <laughs> that. Like, but it's kind of fun because it's like the Victorian era as well, as my understanding. So you've got all of these social norms, all of these things that, oh, women can't do this. Women can't say this. Women have to act this way. And she's like, she's a baby. So she's running through life oh, as hilarious. like a baby. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of sexual activity. It is very, as you might imagine, if it's kind of weird when you think baby, baby. Brain, but, yeah. but you also think like somebody coming into their body and having like a sexual awakening as a young person with a full female body being like, there's one of the trailers oh that you watch God. and she's just like, she gets done. I think her and, um, uh, Mark Ruffalo are the love Item. interest okay. in the in the show, and they get done, I believe, you know, having a, a fun night together. And she's like, "Wait, why don't people just lay in bed and do this all day long? That was incredible! Like, it's <laughs> it's this idea of kind of like having a sexual awakening. It's kind of this idea of just breaking social norms and kind of like." why do women have to do this? Why do women have to do that? And I think, so it has a cool message to it okay. as well. And All right. it's a lot of fun, I, I believe. It is. And Dawn says it's one of, I think, her favorite movies she saw this last really? year. Really? Yeah. Okay, I need to not have to go to the theater. Yeah. I just want to be able to watch on my couch. I that, know, I know. Like that one's got to be coming soon, I would It's got to be, right? They'll probably charge you like nineteen ninety nine sure. to watch it. But okay, poor things. Uh, I didn't realize I didn't realize all the um, the cast. Yeah, uh, Mark Ruffalo is up for a lot of awards. Willem Dafoe again plays like the the Doctor Frankenstein, if you will, of that uh, movie. Uh, as far as outstanding performances by a female actor in a supporting role, you've got. Uh, Penelope Cruz for Ferrari, Jodie Foster in Nyad, Divine Joy Randolph. She's the one, of course, who won it for uh, the Golden Globe for the Holdovers. Danielle Brooks from The Color Purple and Emily Blunt from uh, Oppenheimer as well. Okay. TV side of things, outstanding performance by a cast and drama series. The Crown is up for that. The Gilded Age, uh, The Last of Us, The Morning Show, and Succession. Okay. So a lot that's, of awards. That's, an ensemble, that's the ensemble That's award. the ensemble award, Okay, yes. that's good. The Gilded Age, I mean, The Crown... If the crown loses to the Gilded Age, I'm going to be upset. I think they're all going to be beat by Succession anyway. So it's the yeah. final year. I think Succession is going to have a very, very good award season. How many seasons are there? I, I still need to watch this. I've, I've watched like five episodes. I haven't watched a single one. That oh, is you next on, That's one of the next on our list. Let um, me know when you're going to start watching. I'll watch good, it at yeah. the same time. It, it was, and I'm sure you probably experienced this too. Is that one where everybody was talking about it? it? Looks like just four seasons. Everyone was talking about it, and you almost had to say, "Okay, I'm going to." try to keep up and not have anything spoiled or I'm just going to sit back and I'll watch it in a year or two because that's kind of how right. we felt about it. Like, let's just separate ourselves from it, Got it. And, and watch it later. So okay. uh, as far as TV uh, actor and actresses go, uh, male actor in a drama series, Brian Cox is up for that. Also Karen Culkin, uh, Matthew McFadden. Again, all three of those, yeah. of course, from Succession. Succession, Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us as well. I'd like to see him win. Mm -hmm. I really would because he's really made a mark in the past few years. Yep. You know, and he's he's just seems very likable. Female category, it's very similar to what we saw with the Golden Globe. You've got Sarah Snook up for it from Succession, but then Carrie Russell, Bella Ramsey, uh, Elizabeth Debicki, uh, speaking of The Crown, yeah. and then Jennifer Aniston from The Morning Show.
Okay. Oh, good for Jennifer Aniston. And I will get these posted so you can see the uh, complete rundown over on our show links page. Can I tell you what I'm bummed about a what little bit? What are you bummed about? 1923. Yeah. You know. Uh, I get the love. 1883, which is probably no longer in the window. Mm-hmm. But 1923, Helen Mirren. So oh, God. my gosh. At the very least, nominate Helen I Mirren. Agree. The she problem is, is there's, so just, there's so much. There's too much. There's just so much. So much stuff out there. I'm watching um, right now a show called The Curse. Okay. With Emma Stone. She That's was nominated Stone, yeah. for uh, a Golden Globe. Uh, didn't win for that, but she did win for Poor Things, the Golden Globe anyway. Um, real interesting show. Okay. If there's time today, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's a very strange show, but I only, I think I have three episodes left. Cool. And it's one of those shows where you're like, why am I watching this? And I'm like, I can't stop watching this. It is the strangest thing. But anyway. You can um, tell me about that, and I'll tell you by, about our uh, restart of The Bear and why I struggle oh. with that show. Oh, my gosh. So we got a lot to go to. Yes. All right. We'll get to that after you also give us a dirt alert. And that will happen when we come right back on the Donna and Steve experience right here on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Where talk is fun. Oh man, that was a good time. Time. My Talk 1071. Everything 